2: They were arrogant young men that had a mission and they were going to blow the rock scene to pieces in Dublin at the time. In, in your feet. These guys were phew, totally aggro, you know what I mean? They were real angry young men. All right. They were dressed as heavy rockers I mean, they, and they knew where they were going, you know what I mean? Nobody was doing rock bands at the time, nobody was doing rock music at the time. They were going to be the first band to bring it into Ireland, big time. I
3: know
2: about this is a raw rock band. Never seen in Ireland before. Animals.
3: You it that it's that your blood.
2: Never mind the, the, the sound, the image they had would have been the same. It's a, just pure, raw music. Unbelievable.
4: 1967. The band is the movement. Tell Her reached number one that year. For Toto, the band's roadie, rock and roll was born in Ireland then. This is the story of the movement. It's also the story of a search for a man called the
1: moose.
2: How you doing, kid? Toto, is it? That's me.
4: Uh, you were the roadie with the movements? Yeah. Sit yourself down.
2: Yeah, no problem. I was a raw 15, 16 year old kid, uh, still at school. Had a couple of evening jobs, part time jobs, that type of thing, and uh, trying to pay my way through college and things like that. I was at secondary school at the time. So I was, I was kind of a rebel, you know, I was kind of a, a rocker rather than a mod or a neatly dressed guy because you have to understand the show bands were the big thing at the time. Everyone's around, everybody went around in suits and things like that and clean cut image, you know what I mean, Ireland was a very Catholic holy place at the time, you know, so I was a rebel I was fascinated by rock music you know what I mean, so I sauntered down to the Club of Go-Go, which was one of the main clubs in Dublin at the time so I sauntered down there and uh, we were just in there that night the boys came on I think at half nine about quarter to ten the maximum crowd you could hold in the Club of Go think, was between five and six hundred people it might have been more, but that was about my estimation of it as a bloke you know what I mean that's actually basically what it was a cellar a wine cellar and uh, so it was packed to capacity so there was no proper ventilation there was no nothing no fire exits, exits nothing just everybody cramped into a moon little place the boys come on they used to start off with a number I think Gloria it was a really kind of a raw rock really raw rock type of number you know you start off with a number like that, and uh, they just they, they just go. They just went from one number into another. Like I mean, there was no breaks between songs. It just went one, two, three, four, five. They did the first half of their session. You know what I mean? Which lasted about an hour and a half. Then they had a break for about a 50, 20, or Sorry, about twenty or thirty minutes. Then they do. They finish out the night. Then half of that, like you know, what I mean, like it was a four-hour gig. Like you know what I mean? They might do an hour and a half for the first session. You know, and then two and a half hours after that, like you know, that to finish off the night, like, you know, so uh, it was just an extra point. And you, all you could do, really, if you're really into music, was just stand there and stare in, a, in awe of the whole thing. It was just belie- unbelievable. You just felt a whole—you just felt your whole body lighting up, and you got a buzz inside. You know, I want to be one of them. That's what you wanted to be, you know. They, they were the first Northside band ever. The creatures, they were from the Southside. side. Dunnery heads, you know what I mean? And uh, they were playing all the tennis clubs and rugby clubs, OK? And uh, the five club was an elitist club. It was up on Harcourt Street, like, I mean, you wouldn't get too many birds from Ballymone and Cabra coming over to that. They wouldn't be let in, you know. They were rough type of chicks. So, uh, but they were lovely girls, were down to air girls they weren't rowdy or anything like that they were just where they came from you know uh, although I was born and reared in the south side I'm a bald bridge man actually I, I went outside of the whole thing really I would say in, in, in the height of our fame as, as live gigs went I'd say around 65, 66 we had a following of a couple of thousand people we were just as advanced as London was only in on a smaller scale we had a fantastic time, I mean I attended what three hippie weddings up in Stephen's Green. I mean the whole uh, the whole uh, how would you call it uh, ceremony, the religious ceremony the reception everything was in Stephen's green. It was unbelievable i mean there's a little bridge there in in, in the park. The bride walked over the bridge and she was showered with flowers. it was flower power at the time it was just pure love and excitement. It was a fantastic, just drift you were just like it's just like you're in on a planet drifting through life I mean the, the, the six or seven years I spent with the movement just went like that just so quick
4: for yourself though was, uh, were things like ever since as exciting as that
2: period when you are no short answer can you give
4: us a bit longer than that time? no not
2: really There's no, nothing compare. I have dreams about that period now even as a 57 or 58 year old guy fantastic I would do it all again a million times over I don't care how I blew the money what I wasted money how I could have had a million houses doesn't matter made lots of money no you had to feed it you had to live that fantastic fantastic time.
4: Toto gave me Pat Quigley, the bass player's phone number. He used to play the guitar with an old penny. We arranged to meet.
3: I was on my own in the house and I was loud, racing. And the man said, Would you cut that down? I said, Man, I have to keep it loud, you know, I have to get the idea of it, you know. And said, then wars came. Then I started introducing different fellas into the house and it was amplifiers coming in and the jam sessions and everything, it was all happening. It set a whole ear Around the area, it was like rock and roll, and right. You know, we were sitting around, tromping around with names, and I came up with that name. We were trying to get a decent name. Uh, something that would be sort of, wouldn't be too heavy, and wouldn't be, you could sort of swing between two lines, you know. Nothing that wouldn't be poppy, you know. and But it it, it worked. The name, right? you know, as you know yourself, the name is very important. And uh, it, it sort of worked and it took off, and never looked back since. You know, I, I, and like even to this day, and this is well thirty years after the only guy we haven't we haven't met is a uh, Moose, and to this day I still don't know his name. Just called him Moose. He was the rhythm guitar player, and and the, the Dave Kearney when he was there, the, the last I heard of him, he went to Canada. We actually broke um, the show bands had a grip on the, and was you know it was popular radio plays, and we broke that one. And then when we broke with other bands came in on it. So we set the pattern. John got poached with the show bands, so he left, and when he left the soul went to the other band. It was uh, out of it was uh, Alan, Alan uh, myself. Dave Kearney, when he was there, the Moose, they left. Dave Kearney got poached, went to a show band. Uh, Moose gave up. disillusioned I suppose. But That left Alan and myself. And it, it took its toll on me. It took its toll on Alan. Alan was nearer to death than I was. I mean, there was a time now where I could drink 30 damn pints. No butter. And go home sober. After 30, you know, I don't think there's anything to be proud of. Thunder will tell you that, and Tony tell you that. If I drink about six now and had it, it's all over, you know. I'm not even supposed to drink. Because I got a liver transplant. and I was lucky to, Alan and me were jemmied That um, we ended up with the same guy, Dr Crow, Professor Crow. And he saved us. Now, I ended up getting a transplant. It was through him, because he used to follow the band. So he's back again to the movement, isn't he? He used to follow the band. And um, he thought we were great. And he said, I thought... Like, when I went in the first time, he said, when I see you're not that matter, I said, I thought I knew your face. It didn't look too good. They thought I knew you, he said. Turn didn't be before me. He says, Me sorry, Kick is downstairs. Mr. Quiggy, he's downstairs. Yeah, and so he, next, I'll come up. How are you, Doc? I knew, I knew you, he says. I knew, I knew you. You and that other fella. The two is the movement. I knew, I knew your face. absolutely the hazards of rock and roll look at the state of the tour listen you used to be our fan now we're your bloody fan at me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> he probably laughing he says because look yeah you're pretty bad took a few weeks to the when came along. about six seven months in and out there guys like Alan Alan, you know, he didn't didn't need a liver all he has to do is lay down out the gargle a bit you know same as I do it now but I mean, that, that was us two in that band it's a different way it's it, it, it's Different world. It's it's a totally different world. It's not like a nine to five or anything like that, you know. it's you start to live in a different zone, you know. It's fantasy land. And then when it comes coming down when you get back to reality, like going back to reality, you know, and I can't understand it. I can't accept. It. I'm enjoying a stupid taxi now, Jesus and I hate it. As a man says you plod your own venture and you took it from there and whatever way it ends it ends Johnny Farrell now is a businessman and he comes over and we bump into each other now and then we have an old and yap, and we always talking about the old times and when I bump into Tonda then then we all seem to end up in the same like in Doyle's Corner there he, he's living in Cork I don't, and he plays up here in Dublin with a band some Dublin pop group or something Dave Kearney the last I heard of Dave Kearney in Canada. Moose is driving a taxi, and I don't know where he lives, and I still don't know his second name. After years of playing with the guy.
5: Now,
0: you're please. Service now for Camden. This bus will go to From Dean Street, it's bus to serve Cargilline. Crosshaven and Camden This possible. to report shortly from Dean Street.
4: By now I was on the trail of the drummer Alan Thunder who was living in Cork. The moose though was beginning to worry me. No one knew his real name.
5: first drum kit that began with me from the early days in the movement and they're still with me and it's really it's part of the movement history every time I look at the drum kit it transports me back to the movement, I love them Monday night when my father came in from work, I was upstairs in my bedroom he's to been talking to my mother and he said Alum, I said I really wanted to be music. That's when he said to me, if you're going to do it, you do it right. We'll get you the drums and you go to the School of Music. Now, the drums they bought me at the time were in, were in. they were called Trixon. And at that time, the Trixon cost me, in the 60s, 300 quid just for the drums. So that was a lot of money. But not only that, my mother and father, boy, I appreciated them. Second time around that, my mother and father Actually, I had to buy them on the HP. That was when it all started with them drums that enabled me to play. With the movement, they were stage kit. They were a real kit of drums.
4: And did, the, did the movement come to you, or did you go to them?
5: Well, it was actually John Farrell came to me. They sacked their drummer and I got the gig. Obviously, I took it. I mean, no room for sentiment in the music game. As I said, from the first gig on, it was magic. I never just wanted to be sitting in the back and another moody drummer. That wasn't me. This was the extrovert that used to come out on stage. I was quite introverted off stage. So I never just wanted to be a guy sitting in the back, backing a singer. I wanted to be more than that, even though I couldn't sing and I never learned a drum solo. So I eventually came to this conclusion that if you, do, if you do something or act something, put on a bit of a show you for yourself, surely myself, I was supposed to take a drum solo and they might walk off the stage and let me do it but instead of doing a drum solo this, this night in the Arcadia Ballroom in Cork the stage is about six foot off the ground and John Farrell and the lads were walking off the stage for me to do a drum solo so I just said well fuck you I told you not to do it and I got me drums me double killer Ludwig and I fed everything into the stage, off the stage into the crowd, it was pandemonium and It was brilliant, and people thought that was part of the act, but it wasn't. It was a part of a, a feeling on the night. I might do it again for a week or two, and then all of a sudden, someone say, "Here goes!" I got bored, and it just funny drums into the crowd. It was brilliant, lots of blood and screaming, and, but it was fantastic.
4: Could you just tell me about when, <coughs> when John told you he was leaving the band, or how, do you remember the, the moment you found out he was going to the dreams, or when the kind of the movement was on you?
5: Yeah, John, John uh, went for a drink. And John told me he was leaving. He got a, he got a good offer that he couldn't refuse off Jim a Hand. Like, I, I was devastated because I was with John, we were there from the start, from Dingle Road from the start. So that was a friendship breaking up rather than a member of a band leaving because we did socialise together. But what's to be, what's to be? And it was a very sad time for me, but I'm sure the rest of the lads too. But it just wasn't the same. We we tried our best and it just hit the brick wall. I was with a band a man named Joe Cody. And when I was over there we were his band, but then he used to hire us out hire his band out when we were playing to other people. Like to Phil or and Dan. I was playing with various people over there, and then you'd be only on stage for an hour every night. So when you go off stage, you'd be just... Well, especially when you're living in London, I don't know about other people, but... Drinking just escalated. Went from there, then. So I left the band. Nineteen... Nineteen eighty-four or something like that. And I didn't play for six years. What I mean by I didn't play, I was just... Drinking basically. And during
4: uh, those six years, if you weren't drumming, what did you drunk it?
5: I sold every every part of it. And when I got better, I made a promise because they were with me in the movement. As I said, the movement's a major part of my life. People probably don't realise, or maybe other, but that was the best part of my life. Was the movement. My best memories as ever playing with a band, I've been with the movement and still with the movement. But when I sold them drums I wasn't real I sold them drums for purely for drink. When I wasn't feeling well I got sick rather than phone an ambulance. I didn't want to upset anybody or have anybody frightened or running after me. That's when I found my brother to bring me bring me down, bring me down to the hospital in a taxi. And I really got frightened then, from the uh, when I came out of the the coma. A priest actually standing over me, anointing me, and that was frightening. Is this really happened? Because you don't think it's like you're an outside your body experience. Looking back, and I at that stage I didn't know i had only six hours to live. No, but. Um, obviously with prayer and skill of the doctors. And I didn't want to die. I wasn't ready to die. I was too young to die. No way. I had to fight.
4: At this stage, I was starting to get worried. I had the drummer and the bass guitarist. I had a way to get to the lead singer. But on the record, the rhythm guitar player was called Moose, and 38 years on, none of the band members knew his real name. I'd been told that Dave Carney. The lead guitarist was childhood friends with Moose. Find Carney and you find a Moose. I decided to ring all the Carneys in the phone book.
2: Hello?
4: Hello, is this the Carney household? Yes. Hi, my name's Kieran Cassidy. I'm actually calling from RTE Radio 1, so I'm just actually ringing all the Carneys in the phone book. No relation. No relation at all? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Okay thank you anyway
2: okay, no bye bye no not me not I'm not, I'm no, nobody to me no
4: relation no secret no. rock and roll uncle no, or in
2: unfortunately
4: no. ok well look thank you anyway for taking the call ok all okay. the best bye bye no it doesn't ring any bells you don't no. have any family members look thank you anyway ok you're doing it the hard way I see a very hard way all right, take
2: care.
4: Bye. I was beginning to panic, so I decided to visit Roy Esmond, the former manager of the movement.
3: Who was Moose? The name just rings the bell, but I don't know who Moose was. Uh, it, I'd have to look at the old photographs that I have to try and remember who was there. I remember, uh, and I remember Moose by name, but I don't remember anything else about him. He must have either. Um, Disappeared from my scene shortly afterwards or
4: what was Moose like or we need some sort of a hint or a taste of what? I have no idea
3: <laughs> I can't remember Moose um, I can't remember why he was called Moose. I can't remember what his, what his real name was um, so Yeah, I'm trying to think at the moment there were a few strange guys in bands at the time So I mean nicknames wouldn't be wouldn't be that unusual uh, strange. I, I'm amazed, actually, that he does it. That I don't remember him, and I remember the other guys so well. But then again, I didn't. The remember lead singer, Danny John Farrell, is
4: now a successful businessman and spends most of his time in Spain.
5: Would passenger John Farrell recently arrived from Spain and part of the movement group please contact the information desk in the arrivals hall?
1: Chaka Boogie, bump, bump, boy, the feathers blue. <laughs> I'll be back, little girl, when your pop runs out of shells. That kind of the drum beat on it now made me feel something, you know. It was, it was like, you know, it's like pack packet of sweets. You just eat them, enjoy them, and then it's over.
4: Were you surprised that people were making a program of us?
1: Absolutely amazed. I can't un, I cannot understand. I think I'm saying why, you know. Mm-hmm. Why bother? We've done nothing, really, you know, in the scheme of things. We, we, it's only word of mouth, because we didn't really make any music, you know, on record, and anything that was done in the studio involving me was rubbish, because we only, I only ever spent, in all the time I was with the movement, we spent maybe two hours in the studio, you know.
3: I mean,
1: what can you do in two hours? And we'd never been in the studio before. And you're thinking about paying for it and lugging the gear up the stairs or whatever, in the Eamon Andrews studio, and then lugging it back down, and and in a strange atmosphere and recording so cold, as I explained about it, it's impossible. It was just a joke. You couldn't do it. It was it, you were in and you were gone, you know. And I was never happy. And any time I'd hear that record, I'd cringe, because I, I can hear me, you know. I can hear what I was doing and, like, there's a little bit of wow or wow or something in the solo. I was like, Jesus. There's nothing to do. There was no money. Everybody that I knew was poor, you know? So, like, to try and make it in a group, to try and claw your way out of that was something else, you know? There There was no chance, if you got a trade or something, that was great, if you knew somebody could get your job as an electrician or a carpenter or something. But sure, I knew nobody. And the same with Thunder. I don't know what he worked at. Pat was the only one with a decent job, steady job, pensionable (laughs) job. And he stayed at it, you know. I'd go up with my record player, you know, up up, up to the bedroom, and I had a chest of drawers. There was... I had how many? Six. There was eight of us slept in the one bedroom. Eight of my brothers and I had three sisters in another another bedroom. Eight brothers in one bedroom. Guys used to sleep down the end of the bed and some people at the top, you know. I was the only one. I had a little single bed of my own in the corner. My mother, I was my mother's favourite. I was the eldest son and she loved me, you know. But there was a chest of drawers and I had my record player on it. And I'd save all my records. I mean, waiting for a new whatever to come out, you know, and listening to Luxembourg, you know, late at night. I remember listening to the hospital sweepstakes programme. They'd start up. When you wish upon a star, you know that music was the intro, and then you'd be listening to whatever. Now, Luxembourg, they play that's the only station you could hear uh pop music on, you know, rock and roll music. And it was a dream, like when when I seen Elvis first, uh, nobody could be that good looking. And Elvis Presley, I mean, who's Elvis Presley? I never heard that name before, and nobody was called Elvis, you know, it was it was magic, it was another world. You'd see ads in America, big fridges, and people were emigrating from here to go to the States. Like the uh, Gaffneys next door, the sisters went to to America, and they'd come back with the big fur coats and flashing money around, and America's great, you know? And this was the rock. That's where you wanted to be. You hadn't hadn't got the bus fare into town, never mind go to America, you know? And that was the dream about the music. It was all tied in. I wasn't into what her dropping pills or smoking dope or whatever never appealed to me I'd have a couple of pints and that would do me you know, up on stage I was alive I was in charge, I always felt I was in charge, when I got on stage the minute I got on stage I was in charge I felt at home on stage really, always felt really in charge and at home, I could blow anybody off the stage, I felt that good but off stage I was, went into a little shell and that was it
4: why did you join a show band?
1: For the money. That I thought I was going to get you. <laughs> It just transpired in 1967. Um, the, the Spotlight magazine is the big thing that everybody read. And I was voted that year into the top ten singers in the country, which would include Dickie Rock, Brendan Boyer, Joe Dolan and whoever. And I happened to be voted into that. So here, uh, me in this, and I'm on the labour, I don't have a shilling, you know, <laughs> earning about 10 quid a week. And these guys were earning hundreds, you know, and that was it. But there was a lot of interest then because, uh, from show band managers, the show band's Jim Hand, contacted me and asked me was I interested in starting a band myself and doing what I wanted to do. And I said, sure. And I met him in the Harp bar in O'Connell Street for lunch. And he said, have a steak. Great, have a steak. Yeah, sure, have a steak. And then uh, we discussed it and he said, yeah, and I'd be a shareholder in the band and I'd have a say in who was playing in the band and so on. So I was happy enough with that. And then he said, you'll have to get rid of those clothes, you know, get your hair cut. I said, well, you know, this is what this is what this is what makes me, you know. He said, no, oh, no, you can't. So he said, go around the best around the corner. I have an account there. He said, get two suits. So I hopped off around the corner and got two mohair suits. And that was the start of it. Yeah. But I never got my share in the band. <laughs> and plus, I didn't get to pick the people I wanted in the band, you know.
4: Have you ever played any of your children, uh, sons um, you know, any of your singles?
1: No, I don't have any of my records. I don't have any records. I don't have any scrapbooks, any albums, no nothing, nothing at all.
4: And Did you ever tell them anything about it? or?
1: They know, you know, but I, I never, I never discuss it, or never discuss gigging, nothing. It's strange. I'm probably a strange person. I just, I don't, I never mention it. Never. There has been releases like there was a a CD released a couple of years ago of the top groups. You know the top group singles in Ireland, and there were two tracks, movement tracks on it, but sure, I never bought it. And there was a another album out last year, Huckle, what was it, Hucklebuck Shoes and Dancehall Blues, or something like that, about all the big show band hits, you know? And I have a record on that, but sure, I never bought that either. It doesn't bother me, you know? That's true. Alan's always ring me, you know, we must get back together, but I say yes, I will. I don't think I've seen Alan for maybe... The last time I seen Alan, he was very sick, I think he was in the, the matter hospital he was very ill, and the same with Pat the last time I seen him he was in the matter he was very ill but um i don't i, I don't really see them at all very except like Tony the roadie would give a ring, you know and say, Hello, how's everything? We must get back together you know so say yeah oh t- yeah Tony, sure, that's it. the last time I seen moose. I I was out in the airport, I'd come back from Spain, it's a maybe, could be, it's a few, four or five years ago. And I went out to get a taxi and Moose was on the first in line for the taxi. And he said, hello, John, how's it going? I said, how are you, Moose? How are things going in all this business? He says, oh, you go ahead in the taxi behind. So I went to the taxi behind, that was it. The last time I
4: spoke to him. Okay. Sorry. Hey, um, my name's Kieran. i I'm from OTE Radio 1. We're trying to do a documentary of tracking down a man who used to drive a taxi and he used to be nicknamed The Moose, or Moose. Do you ever remember a Moose? Moose? Moose, yeah. No. Never to here, do you doing
2: no, it. I'm 43 years at this job.
4: And you've never heard of The Moose? No,
2: but I'd know him if he was, if he worked here, I'd know I am in this place, was a chicken run here, <laughs> at the old building over there. Uh,
4: you can run, uh, but you can't. Um... Do you know a guy called, he's a taxi driver out around this area, his name is the Moose. Did you ever hear of somebody? No. Doing this
5: what nationality
4: is he? Um, he's Irish. He's from Dublin somewhere. He used to play in a band in the 60s, so we're trying to track him down. So the lead we were given was that he was a taxi driver who's was doing the airport route up to very recently. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I don't know in any anyway, that's for sure. Uh, uh, you need a surname. You need a surname. That was the best lead I got for so far, you, uh, the Moose operating you know out of the airport. But like everything else so far, it led nowhere. Do you ever hear of a taxi driver called Moose it works out around the airport? No. down in the At this stage, the producer was on my back, talking about deadlines. My friends were beginning to take bets on me. And then I turned on the radio and discovered Larry Gogan had been let in on the joke.
1: Spotlight Magazine's Single of the Year. Now currently, RTE are making a documentary on the band and searching for the rhythm guitarist who is known as Moose. And this one goes out to the Moose hunter, Kieran Cassidy. The movement and talent...
4: Then I went back to Alan Tundra, the drummer, to see if I could get any more information from him.
5: I was given no choice. And just to walk out them gates and breathe the fresh air of Dublin again, I said this is it. the new beginning and I never drank from that day to this and never will to get the drum kit back somebody I knew I knew the lad in Cork I knew he was always here but even though he bought a new kit in, in, in the time I was just lucky that he still had my other drums Noel Bridgeman had my cymbal 20 inch ride right cymbal a lad around from me In Cabaret had my bass drum young lad Joey Clark and another fella I started teaching in them mangled years of drink. So I went back to these characters and they sold me back to drums. I just just by luck I suppose, but the, I couldn't believe it when I got them back brilliant. The first step of recovery and back back. That's the way I'm saying it. And then I tracked down the my, my snare drum to a lad Narclow and he didn't want to sell it back to me. Because it was an original uh, maple snare drum, I eventually got it back for, for uh, the price I paid for the whole kit of drums. They they gave me great joy. This year, so the money didn't matter; just to get that drum back. That was part of my good good times in life. So I have them now, and you seeing them upstairs, and they stay with me, never go again. And I'm back playing. All right,
4: Alan. Great story. But what about the moose? Can you answer this question
5: for me? What's Moose's real name?
4: Moose? Yeah. Morris. Is it
5: Morris? Morris. What's his surname? Moose. It's not Morris to Moose. Morris Moose. you hear of Mickey Mouse? Yeah. (laughs) He's Morris Moose. (laughs) Morris Moose. (laughs)
4: I had my deadline but was no nearer to finding the moose so I decided to turn back to plan A. Find Kearney and you find the moose. Even though I knew Kearney was in Canada it was worth a shot. I got very friendly with Pat Quigley the bassist and asked him to accompany me out to Santry, the last place where we knew Kearney had been. We stood in the middle of a green and he thought... He saw the right house.
3: Hello, how are you? Pat Cooley, long time no see. I used to play with Dave in the band called The Movement. Oh, yes. Years ago. That's and right. This is a chap from Kieran from RTE. Right. And uh, they're doing an interview and they want to do an interview with all the members of the band. And we're looking for Dave.
2: He's and, in Canada. Yeah,
3: know. You wouldn't have a phone number or like that. We could ring Hold him. Oh, down the side. Now there's
2: a landline there and oh. a mobile.
3: That's great. So, uh, you wouldn't know uh, Mars where Mars lives? Morris? Moose, M- we used to call him. I don't know where he lives. No. Dave, Dave might know, wouldn't he? If he gave he might know, me? yeah. Yeah. I just know he, he used to live somewhere around. He used to hang around with Dave. That's right. Yeah, And he's lived around here somewhere, doesn't he? He lived over there. You don't know second name, If you? you? If you call over there, his sister lives over there. See the house lit up? The, the one the window with the light on? Yeah, yeah. over there. Yeah. That's his sister. Right. Okay. I'll do that then. Okay. Thanks very much for your You're help. You're welcome. See you again. Okay. Bye bye. Hello. How are you? Uh, Pat Creely is my name. I'm looking for Morris. Remember Morris used to play the guitar with Dave. Karen, Morris yeah. Long. Morris Long. Yeah. Next door.
0: Is that where he lives? Well, he doesn't live there, but uh, his sister. sister
3: lives there. Okay, thanks very much. All right, thank, thank you.
0: you. Cheers, lads.
1: <coughs>
4: Morris, Long. No. Yeah. There we have
5: it, the yeah. moose yeah. has a name.
0: He... Hello, how are you?
3: How are How's it going? Um, could you speak to your mother for a minute? Yeah, well. Well, there.
1: Hang on, I got another okay, one. Okay,
3: thanks. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Pat is my name. I used to play with Mars. Oh, go yeah. away! Hey. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I, I, the,
2: name,
1: the name doesn't ring a bell. The, the movement, now. in the movement. Yeah, in oh,
3: the head. movement, right, yeah, That's yeah.
1: right, yeah. Oh, God, the movement, that was some t- <laughs> uh, Some oh, trip that yeah.
2: there,
3: wasn't it? <laughs> is Sit down there? <laughs> would, you, would you know, only since, tonight is the first time I, I, I ever knew a surname. Really? Never knew, we always called him moose.
2: moose. Moose, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah, everybody called uh, him that, yeah. Morris Long, what?
3: Yeah. Hold yeah. Down, I guess
2: okay, have thanks. Isn't it fabulous though to have it to, uh, uh, to look back on it, isn't it? I remember going to see him. Huh? I remember going to see him. <laughs> him huh? no, sure. to see Want him. a cup of tea? I, we uh, no, I'm fine,
3: thanks. Oh, grand. thanks very much. Yeah. God.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember going to see him playing. God. But I got such a surprise when you said the movement. Like, I'm kind of thinking i like <laughs> like way back. back in like the go-go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, what had the life to live against you <laughs> <laughs> year.
4: As we left, um, with the, the problem table. solved, oh, I had one question left for oh, Pat we well,
5: so <laughs> we'll see you again. Thanks listen, very much. Thanks. Lovely meeting you. I'll take back, back a lot again. of memories.
3: We'll take, just take your phone number there so we let you know in the program. on. Yeah.
4: So there we are. What a great
3: after night, f- Don. Oh. And That's
4: after 40 years, you actually find out what the rhythm guitarist's name actually yeah, is. Yeah,
3: forty years. Blue am huh? Well, there we go now. That's the end of an era, isn't it? And Morris, or Long. Long Morris does it, Long. Does that ring any bells? Morris the Moose Long. Morris? <laughs> the Long Moose. So, oh well. Waiting until the rest of them is now. <laughs> They'd be very surprised. I wonder how he got that name, the Moose.
4: But like any good story, it doesn't end there. And for the first time in almost 40 years, the two men met the next day.
0: I'm quickly, how are you? How are you doing? Buddy. I haven't changed a bit. You still love my fellow, Lucas Yeah, don't you start.
3: <laughs> Who are you anyway? Not bad. Jeez. The last time I met you was about 20 years ago, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, around that, In Slattery's. Mm. It was a, I was playing that night, I think, before I remember. And I was down at the bar, and you were sitting there with a few friends of yours. Who were you playing with? I was with bit Charlie Bergman at the time. No I wrong.
0: Playing upstairs. Rob Strong was playing, you were watching them. I was with them. Were you?
3: Yeah.
0: With them. And who were you, anyway? So long, 20 years old, alright. He was as mad as a hatter. Are you still working on the Post and Telegraph?
3: No. No, we jacked
0: it. What are you
3: doing now? Taxiing. Fair yeah, taxi driving. Like yourself. Jesus. It's without It's That's the young man's mound, isn't it? That's, that's
4: sad, that's sad. Yeah. And everybody would have just called you the moose. Because mm. I saw a record sleeve. Mr. Moose. Mr. Moose. But I actually saw a record sleeve where you're down, it's just as moose. That's it. Mm hmm. Um, so did, it, did you just explain that did everybody call you that name or were you known all around town as by the, the moose at the time
0: yeah when I started playing when we were kids I we used to play Cowboys and Inns with Dave Kearney and um, I always wanted to be the outlaw and somebody called me the moose I was always the moose that's basically it very simple what's
4: all this moose crop was this because that's what I was trying to track you and that's the only you think I was going to look
0: like a mouse I was,
4: yeah I was asking I was ringing up you got some surprises.
0: you saw a Pitt walking uh, in there didn't
4: you <laughs> lads is there
0: any chance of you guys reforming now don't think so uh, what do uh, you think uh, mouse? did you make money on the uh, uh, reforming I don't know on the, the Norsenham circuit I mean, there's an opening there yeah you have to say this
3: haircut I've had me now this is the first haircut i had in forty years you got hair I was still there. What's Was a wig? No, oh, didn't when you
4: see
3: your top when you look at your own head.
4: But uh, no. Jesus. But uh, concerning the movement, did you ever think about bringing anybody up over the thirty years or whatever that you hadn't seen them, or was it just you decided as a story and that was it ended?
0: Uh, well, sort of. I mean, if I had I ran into them in a the course of. Uh, over the years I I not talk to each no am not really you just, it's like um, you move to a different part of the city you, your neighbours you don't see them again type of thing you know that's, that's about the size I yeah, always think about it though because it was a very enjoyable time
4: and what do you think when you look back on it?
0: it was, it was the best time of my life great times you know what was great about it though? I was young loads of energy and it was innocent that's the best thing about it